0: Welcome to the Flurza experience, or how we always start, Gene Dobrigechi. But uh, you might see a difference. I'm, I'm joined by someone else. There's no Flake, so this is not Flurza technically. But I'm joined by Ghost Arya. Arya, hello. What are you doing, in Flakes Place? <laughs> hey. Uh,
1: well, you're gonna have to find out if Flake's even still alive. You know, you know, you don't know. Maybe I'm I'm the new Flake.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> So, uh, to get you up to speed, whenever we start a um, Flurza Experience podcast episode, Flake always comes up with a funny name for me, uh, connected normally to sweets or cycling and stuff like that. Do you have, do you have anything in terms of like a weird introduction?
1: Ooh, sweets or oh, sweets? I don't know. You could be the uh, sour captain today, I guess.
0: The sour captain. I'll take it. Um, fun fact: I actually like um, sour, like uh, gummy bears, and so like all the all that all that type of jazz. So Me too. The sour ones, yeah. The sour ones are better than the sweet ones. Yeah, I totally agree. I agree. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> all right, we agree on that for sure. All right, this is episode seventeen, and uh, Flake is not here, but we always uh, say what we're going to be talking about. So today we'll be talking about feedback in card games and how. Players give us feedback, what we do with the feedback, is feedback good? Is it bad? Maybe sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But, you know, feedback is is kind of uh, the ongoing topic, especially now, I feel like, in the Gwent community, but always kind of in card games. Yeah. Um, I... Hmm?
1: Yeah, I guess it's always good to have places to talk about feedback. It just depends how it's given, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. That is one of the most important <laughs> things. And as always, we will start with the Dagon rumor report. Ooh. So I thought I was going to have something clever for you today, but I don't. Um, but yeah, we, we uh, as you know, had uh, this week a scheduled maintenance mm-hmm. in which we were scouting our servers to find any traces of Dagon.
1: Ooh. And
0: <laughs> uh, while going through the metaverse and... Um, trying to find them, we even uh, hooked us ourselves up into the game, into the Matrix, uh, like you do in Cyberpunk with this Neuralink. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we we found the traces of 0% of Dagon, so no, Dagon is not happening, sorry. No,
1: Dagon, oh no. No, Uh, Maybe it's good that Flake's not here to hear this, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I, I think that by now, uh, by Episode 17, he kind of expects what's going to happen, so... I feel like he would not be very, very surprised. But yeah, no Dagon. Uh, Arya, what do you think about Dagon overall? Would you want Dagon back or you don't care about him?
1: Of course, I would like Dagon back. Okay. I'm a huge Witcher 1 fan. I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed the game. And uh, so that would be kind of a piece of it in in Gwent, right?
0: Yeah, agreed. Did you have a favorite quest in Witcher 1? Or did you just like the setting of the of the overall game and kind of the salamandra being there and all the cool stuff.
1: I like the overall setting, but definitely my favorite parts were those around the Lady of the Lake and stuff like that. I feel like that had very, you know, summery vibe uh, with, you know, the usual bittersweetness of the Witcher world. It was very nice, yeah.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, It's it's a little, like, high fantasy, you could say, Mm -hmm. Arthurian to some extent, but with the kind of gray witcher world mixed Mm -hmm. into it and you know what
1: i actually have like a physical box of the witcher one Mm because i just randomly found it in a a game shop once for like maybe three dollars Oh, nice and that actually started my whole witcher experience just randomly finding this game on sale and be like oh looks nice i'm gonna bring it home (laughs) nice
0: i didn't know that that's that's awesome i need to have you on uh twig one of those days because uh so i can hear your your origin story when it comes to everything witcher related but yeah for me i also had this there was this big thick like box edition of the witcher Mm one that i also had and they're very hard to like come by Mm -hmm. uh especially now because it was one of the first editions also had like a soundtrack i think and some other stuff in it so it was kind of like a Nice. uh beefier edition yeah well, that was a really cool one i agree yeah all right okay. moving on we have what the wayback machine Ooh. so in the wayback machine we go way back into gwen's history and see what has been happening and in, in a given month but instead of that for this one we thought it would be really cool to talk about an article that we did with ign which uh, highlights our history of Gwen. So from the times of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt and after the launch of Witcher 3, all the way up till now. And what we've learned through the process, there are quotes from uh, Vlad, there are quotes, of course, from Jason Slama, and from me talking about the history of the game and kind of uh, what we learned uh, from it. Uh, there's some cool imagery from um, the old Challengers that we did in the in the crazy locations, plus a couple trailers. So I highly encourage everyone to check it out because uh, it was a pleasure. And shout out to Ryan Dinsdale, who um, from IGN approached us and has been pretty much in contact with us when it comes to cool articles and, and stuff uh, connected to Gwen. So shout out to Ryan. He's awesome. As every Ryan, I, I've never met an <laughs> uncool Ryan. And uh, yeah, so he, head up IGN. It's also on Twitter. It's also everywhere. I think all of us shared it. So highly recommend everybody to check it out. Nice. And yeah, that's it,
1: and I think that uh, since you mentioned the history of Gwent, it might be actually better for me to cough like in uh, and he can give you some actual you know insight and help with the podcast. and I'll go back yeah. to vacation and... yeah, let's 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 have
0: him back. <laughs> Although I I enjoyed having you Arya over instead of instead of him to be honest it's nice to <laughs> it's nice to freshen things up
1: yeah I enjoyed being here maybe I'll come back some other time okay he yes, he really wants sure. me gone <laughs> hey enjoy take the take care podcast. catch you later take care
2: I apologize for that intrusion
0: Oh no we did we did fine it was great did it was you a great introduction yes
2: can I take a wild guess what was the percentage of likelihood of Dagon returning is it still zero
0: yeah yeah How hell know? yeah
2: Good to know nothing changes. I'm glad and you, that. This... And, you know,
0: and yeah, and you know, and you know, when we checked, we actually had maintenance um, this week on Gwent. <laughs> yes. And I, I said that during that maintenance, we pretty much hooked ourselves up to the servers, and mm-hmm. we scoured through the whole like metaverse or cyberverse or whatever with their neural links and stuff like that and then we found out that it's zero percent chance no traces of dagon in the servers that's good
2: like it's like spring cleaning right like you went in there you you moved some boxes around you looked through some old cupboards and you're like i still can't find them i listen it is what it is all right
0: Don't you don't you hate when that happens when you're looking for a specific card when you have a lot of cards in the box and you're looking for one or like two copies of something? I remember I was looking for a Goblin Electro Master recently and I'm like I for sure have like five copies of that. Dominaria. I was looking. Yeah, I think it was like he was reprinted, but I think he was also imprinted in Dominaria. And I was trying to find him, and I could not find him. And he was, like, in the last box. There was, like, three copies in, in one row. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I had to, like, go through everything.
2: That Those kinds of feelings for me stemmed from when I was, like, four or five years old playing Lego. And I just have, like, my big bin of Lego, and I'd be trying to build something. Yeah. And, I, and I knew there was, like, I'm like, I have one little wheel or one little lever yeah. or one little door. I'm like, I need it. But I can't continue until I find it. So I'd have to go through all of my Lego to find that one minute piece. It would take me like 30 minutes just crushing through it to find one piece. And if I didn't find the piece, I would just abandon the project because I'd be like, well, this is just useless now. So I would get, I would just
0: look for it until like, I think Legos also is what like taught me resilience and kind of following things through, because (laughs) I would look for that one piece and look and look and look until I found it. And then once I found it, I was like, okay, now I can complete my masterpiece.
2: Well, I, if it's not a masterpiece for me, if I can't find the piece. That it's but not you'll worth- find
0: it eventually, well if you, maybe if you, if you in your mind in the back of your head know that you have that piece, you will sooner or later find it,
2: but it's just like it will consume you. It's like frustrating, right? And I get it with <laughs> cards too, because I'm the same way. I'm like, I know I have this one card. It's this random, stupid common, and the and the 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 consequence of that for me was because since I hate that feeling so much, I have organized all my cards by set and then by alphabetical order, so wow i had to because it was the absolutely only way i was going to be able to find the card that i needed when i needed it so i literally invested an entire weekend to pull out all my thousands and thousands of cards um uh and and especially the flesh and blood ones and and just organize them like separate them by Mm -hmm. set then by class then alphabetical and i was like okay now if i need something it's like I need um a ranger ice arrow, it's called this, all right, pull out the set that it's in, go to the Ranger stuff, alphabetical order, blah 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 blah, there it is, uh ice bolt, Bam, got it, perfect, easy like that, but it it like this is all off the back of a history where I just am in my room at five years old, searching for that one little like window windshield piece for a car. That I'm building with Lego and getting frustrated. So deep rooted uh, is this organizational beast within me, for sure. Yeah,
0: I, I totally get it. I have the same. I have the same thing. But uh, I need to still organize my cars, and it's something that I've been kind of putting off. And the problem with this is that my collection is over ever ever growing, and uh, you know the more you push it aside, the more work you will have later. But I would—I probably need to sort them like by color and rarity. I think that would be the best. Maybe not by set, but color and rarity for Magic, I think makes makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's on my list. It's on my list. It's
2: it's a big an undertaking, I tell you. Absolutely.
0: It's a whole weekend out of your you know schedule.
2: For sure. That's how I started organizing my Magic cards was by color, and then I was like, oh, I need this one angel, but that all my white cards like this gigantic box, they were not organized within that. So it still took me a while to like sort through them. I'm like, oh, here it is. Sarah Angel. Got it. Perfect. Like. There's also,
0: there's also these like apps that let you track the physical cards that you have and you can like, make a digital version of your collection, but that doesn't help you actually find it. No, it doesn't help you find it. The box, Plus,
2: right? It's just additional work in my mind. Like, okay, now I have to go through every card and scan it on my phone, like thousands and thousands of times. I'm like, eh. Although
0: I would like to digitalize my, my collection to kind of, I think it's, it's much easier to keep track of it later, but then I'm also afraid if I digitalize my collection, I will look at the price tag of it and I'll be like, oh my God, and how much money did I spend on these?
2: Well, yeah, how much money did you spend, but how much money can you make if you sell uh, them true ah true. all right
0: yeah.
2: uh so i from what i understand that we're not we're the Wayback machine is going to be sort of substituted by a wonderful article actually that was written by ign uh if i'm not mistaken was it yes. uh, who wrote it uh Ryan oh my god yeah, Dinsdale, we, we, that's it
0: we, we covered this with Arya already a little bit so oh you did okay we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll we can have you talking also about the article well forward. i mean you're I'll, quoted in it.
2: I am. I was interviewed for it uh several months ago and I wasn't aware of when it was gonna come out or, or whatnot, but I'm glad that, that it did and um that's that's about it. I mean, it was uh they basically asked in terms of I think the questions that I was asked was, you know, like you were there from the beginning, like where is it now and how do you feel about it and this and that and I was just like just glad that the Vlad's taken over. Uh, and that's I mean not not that I thought that you know jason did incredible things jason was a uh definitely a a little bit of a messiah to the game as well but like yeah. vlad taking over is is you know you're going from a good thing to a good thing and that's that's a that's a good thing so <laughs> so yeah. uh, all is yeah.
0: good in the Gwent hood as they say
2: yeah damn right uh so yeah go check out the article this is all i'm going to say is ign uh posted i don't have a link but we'll try to get you one either way just google that's what it's there for but Exactly. Topic it's also this on week. our
0: Twitters and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah, yeah, there it. you go. Yeah.
2: So, from there, if you follow all that stuff, then you should be good.
0: Yeah, you probably follow us. So, take it from there.
2: Take it from there. Feedback, Mr. Pavel Persia. Hey, oh, man. it's out there. There's plenty of it. And <sighs> I look, I always say when it comes to feedback, feedback is great if it's constructive. But there's uh, certainly a lot of feedback, and feedback has been something that is just immensely tied to, especially card games, any video games frankly, whenever, I mean the internet and the communities and the people who enjoy things, when you're passionate about something, you'll always have something to say about it, right? So uh, feedback is kind of like a, a, like an abundance of feedback is a symptom of a passionate community, and that's a good thing. And that's something that needs to be um, you know, really hammered down and clarified right out of the gate, that feedback is always a good thing. But There are definitely ways to approach feedback uh, in one way or another, and uh, you, as a community manager, have essentially been the lightning rod for feedback for many, many years, so you can kind of push us off on this voyage here, and I will merely sit in the back and backseat you the entire way, because feedback is a you thing, buddy. I'm only here to be the bad guy. (laughs) That's my role.
0: Yeah, um, so I'll start with the beginning, like my beginnings in the company. So when I joined CDPR, I knew that feedback here was taken actually into consideration. Um, I know there are um, gaming companies, but also titles that maybe don't really take a lot of feedback into consideration uh, from the player base. And I'm not, not only talking about um, for like things that they're developing, but also things that are already out. and. I remember when I joined after the release of The Witcher 3, there was a lot of feedback from players about, um, you know, implementing some things or changing some things within the game itself, which was like simple stuff. Like, please make the text bigger in the subtitles. So when I'm playing on, on, on my console, I can actually see it from my couch, simple stuff like that. And I knew that, uh, whenever like simple feedback like this came in that our developers took it too hard very seriously and would implement it within the next couple of updates. And I feel like that taking feedback into consideration implementing it into the game is something that we took with Gwent also, but I feel like we also, just before homecoming, I feel, no, before midwinter, I feel like we were at a point where we were taking too much feedback and the kind of implementing everything that Reddit was saying into the game where we kind of got into a place that wasn't very healthy or good for us and it was a place where we kind of should have stopped and kind of started thinking about how we interpret the feedback that we get for the game because you cannot be changing everything on your community's kind of you know whim because how I see feedback is you have players that come in And someone says something, if if it's a person well-known and established in the community, that person more or less will get backers and it will start creating this echo chamber of one uh, kind of sentiment towards something. And that will be pressured into, um, that will be like pretty much putting pressure on the developer in order to implement it at any cost because people are, you know, rioting about it, right? Right. And sometimes... In these cases, players can be right um, if it's something that let's say is a bug, is game breaking is too dominant that we had we you know we had times where cars were too dominant and people were rising for a good reason. but sometimes I feel like it's with feedback you get into a place where something you feel is not yet a problem or needs to be investigated or you kind of need more data behind it, but it already starts to become a big issue just after let's say like a patch that has come out in the last i don't know what three days and people are already saying this is broken this should be nerfed this should be deleted from the game and that kind of feedback is not very constructive and it's not really bringing anything to the table
2: well the the, this set of cards that came out i don't know if you remember but the first like week or so was just rave reviews and a plus and s tier set these cards are all yep. amazing well done best thing that you guys have done in a long time i mean like i'm just paraphrasing but the, I, I, the, like this is what i'm trying to get at is feedback is great but people need to understand that on any, any given day any snapshot of feedback on reddit is not the whole picture it is merely that group of people expressing their sentiment because again when forgotten treasures came out everybody was like if you go back to the first 72 you know, hours post-release, it was all rave reviews for the most part. There may have been some yeah. bugs or whatever, but that always happens. Um, but ultimately, the reviews were great. So if you look at, we're at it on that day, wow, CDPR did an amazing job, congratulations. If you look at it like this past week, wow, CDPR is the worst and they don't know what they're doing. So what changed? What Did the cards change? No, cards were the same. What changed? What changed is the people who liked them, liked them, said they liked them, and continued to like them. The people who played them and don't like them came through afterwards and told people that they don't like them. Um, Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Absolutely. I would never stand in the way of somebody expressing how they feel about something. Um, What I will stand in the way with is when it's done in a malicious way without any constructive basis to it. But what I'm trying to get at here is that any given day is not the whole picture of what feedback is. Because if you go to Reddit and you, say, and you look at all the stuff, you'd think that everybody in the world hates what's going on. But that's not true. That's not true. What's true is that that is merely the, the, the dominating opinion that is overtaking the, the public domain right now. I say it all the time. I say Reddit is 10% of the noise at 200% of the volume. What does that mean? It means that just because the top X amount of posts on Reddit that have like 95 upvotes, you know, where well you'd think that, oh, well look at all the posts. Everybody must hate this. It's not true because the people who like it are playing it and not talking about it. Does that invalidate those opinions? No, it doesn't. It doesn't invalidate them. But what I what what bothers me sometimes is that people automatically think that whatever they Whatever they believe is the is the correct truth and the inherent reality, and sometimes that's not true because people cannot. People need to understand that they need to they need to to disassociate their subjective views from an objective reality, uh, you know, an objective truth, and also that there's more out there than just what they feel. That their subjective opinion about something may. Clash with somebody, somebody else's subjective opinion about something, and that doesn't make either person right. It just means that it just all it says is that my experience has led me to this this sentiment, and that's what it is. But the difference is, is that some people take that negative sentiment, fire it off in this big angry letter or whatever, or post their whether it's whether it's done respectfully or not respectfully, they'll post their opinion on the internet, and everybody will crowd around it and support it for whatever it is. And if it's a positive one, well those tend to bubble up very soon, like those are usually the first things to bubble up because the people who play it appreciate it go back to playing it and appreciate it, and those who don't like it go back to talking about it. but feedback is a very you know it's a, it's a tough thing to to nail down because you know at first glance, it's always swaying in one way there's there's never like an equal balance of both it's one or the other, but that's not always the whole picture and that's what I wish more people would understand because you'd think that like the way that people address certain things sometimes, it's that the entire world, all hundreds of thousands of people playing Gwent on any given day share their opinion. And that's what people need to shake is that that sense of whatever they believe is is the over, overall, overarching opinion of everybody.
0: Yeah. And I also want to add that if you go to different places like um, Facebook... Twitter probably pretty much shows same things as, as, as Reddit, but if you go to places where you would not expect maybe the core, let's say hardcore gaming players, um, so places like YouTube, places like Facebook, so comments there are kind of different to the ones that you see on Reddit. People are complaining about different things. Um, surprise, surprise. And I think it's just different communities being, you know, with different places talking about different things which they like or they dislike about the game. But I feel like I agree that you know, when um, Forgotten Treasures came out, everybody was on the hype train saying like, oh, these abilities are cool, this, this is awesome. But in between we kind of also had a patch which changed some stuff and kind of addressed some of the issues that were um, things that maybe were a little bit overpowered, like um, you know, traveling priests and stuff like that. And after after that month was ending and the meta was kind of uh, coming to a close, let's say, because I I feel like with uh, monthly updates, you have, you know, you have the month ending and you kind of see where the meta is at the beginning of the month and how it is at the end of the month, especially when you have a card drop. And the decks that were prevalent there were, of course, uh, some variations of Golden Necker slash and decks and, and stuff like that. And people just jumped on a uh, train of saying that all the decks are the same because they contain these two cards and that you cannot pretty much play anything else in, in, in the game itself because if you're not playing those two things, then you're doing something wrong for sure. And there were also like, you know, echo chambers saying that this is taking away flavor. This is becoming the neutral card game instead of like, you know, the one being uh connected to factions and their different identities and stuff like that. And the last episode we also did on Fleurza was about a faction identity. And people were also saying like, what faction identity is just two cards. And it's totally not true. And of course it's it's a sentiment that kind of came out. I feel like it has calmed down a little bit right now. But in the beginning of this month it was something that everybody was kind of talking about and kind of sharing that same one opinion of you know those two cards. And you will get this, and I feel like you will get this in in any card game or any game which is kind of balanced on a regular basis. Um, you have this in League of Legends. You have this in um, Rainbow Six, probably Siege also, where people talk about which one, which which operator is is uh, the one dominant and which one's worse. And um, you know, you had the same thing for for Overwatch and for other games. And I feel like it's 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 something that is opinion-based to some extent, but also is done in a way so there is some feedback sent to the developers uh, so they kind of see it and they kind of act on it. But I feel like they only act on things that is based off of data. That's one. And then community sentiment is something that is taken into account. Like I can tell you from uh, my standpoint, like me, Ryan, Plus the rest of the design team, like I've said this numerous times, but I've always will be coming back to this. Like we meet on a weekly basis and the number one question that we get from the designers is what is the community's current sentiment about the decks, about the meta? What do they think? And we kind of bounce those things off of what they think and also what their plans are for the next month or the next couple months. And also we kind of gauge it when it comes to the data that we have gathered uh, throughout, you know, some time. So all these things taken into consideration kind of, uh, you know, patch in and lay into the next update that we have in the game.
2: Data is an important word, I feel, because people typically don't have access to it. And that's one of the beauties of card games that are exclusively played on a digital client. You guys can just go, you know, go into the data, filter what you need, and get in results and information that you're that is is part of the the balance process and part of the directional process of what you're designing and and such but um other card games don't have that and it's tough so many times people just assume that what their experience is everyone's experience um but like, part of it is, like, people who are talking about how I'm like, oh, they, like, the other thing is that I see a lot is on Reddit is there's a daily post of, of and, like, it's probably even a cut and paste of this topic, which is, how the hell do you beat XYZ deck? You'll see it about Mill, you'll see it about, uh you know, Syndicate, you'll see it about this, you'll see it about that. I saw it about Relics, you know, oh, a deck that, like, which is fascinating. Like, people complaining about that, they're not complaining, but, like frustrated about their their inability to consistently beat a particular deck so if that, it's like that's the part of it that, that, that it's also you know true it's like because to somebody this person who can't beat a relic deck other players will be like how can you how are you losing to a relic deck it's not really a super strong deck anymore you know, like change your deck or change your strategy. Uh,
0: it's, it's pretty good after after the the you know the the, the recent change right. to the Brewers, right? No,
2: no, no, right. But I, what I'm saying is, I, I'm saying it in the in regards to like the fact that everybody has their own boogeyman that they're that they can't beat. For some, it's Mill. For some, it's Lippy. For some, it's this. For some, it's that. And at the end of the day, everybody has this this tough deck that they that they have trouble with, and then they'll voice their opinion about it. This leads to the fact that, again, it's a subjective thing because some people know how to beat things, and it's all also skill-related. So, uh, you know, part of feedback also is understanding that you can't balance a game to appeal to all skill levels. You can't. You absolutely can't because the good players will find and understand the ways to beat strong decks, and to them, those strong decks are not OP and unbeatable. It's merely that they're tough and that their strategy has to shift in order to find an avenue to beat it. But a novice player will come up against something, will not know how to beat it, will not know uh, the opposite deck's win condition, will get throttled by it, and will immediately resort to saying that, well, this card is way OP because I don't have a way to beat it. I have no, like, you know... You know they hide it behind a defender and this and that. Well, run, run a purify, or run a this, no. or run extra removal, or do this, or run movement, or you know. Anyway, lo- long story short, it's just that feedback is an important element to card design and and the health of a card game. But what I feel the 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 Gwent community needs to detach themselves from is uh, a sense. Uh, and I'm going to get absolutely raked through the coals. Every time I do an episode like this, people always just send me messages about like, well, you're
0: supposed to be the bad guy. I am.
2: But you know what? You're I, kind
0: of the good guy.
2: Well, I'm not the good guy. I'm I'm the honest guy. And that's what a lot yeah. of people can't, can't digest because like when I give my honest opinion about someone, about some, not someone, but something and people don't like what I say, I get like, I get immediately dismissed and immediately, you know, like <laughs> one of the, one of the Reddit questions like, well, how do you feel about, uh, Neutral cards, you know, dominating the ladder. Neutral cards have dominated the ladder since 2017, friends. I hate to tell you, but uh, Igni was a problem for a long time. Uh, Heatwave's been around forever. Um, yeah. You know, all these other neutral cards that everyone complains about as being, you know, like, dominant. Like, neutral cards have. De- uh, devotion is not, has not been the way to play cards for for a long time. Like, neutral cards, now, obviously, there are some very strong ones that are out right now. And people lean towards them because they're strong, but the question was, is like, how do you feel about neutral cards being so good and dominating the ladder? And I said, I feel the same way as when devotion was dominating the ladder. You know, symbiosis devotion, or um, uh, or like lined pockets devotion, or all these other devotions that were around. Um, Oh, um, what's it called? Uh, Warriors, Skelega warrior devotion was also a thing. Uh, in case you yep. guys forgot, so these were these were super strong decks that uh, people complained about back then. But now it's about now now there's like three neutral cards that that are busting people up, and people are are now saying that that's OP. So there's no fine balance. There's no fine balance at all. And again, but isn't
0: that isn't that like in any card game? It, like, it isn't any card it, game. In any game that is competitive and has a multiplayer aspect where you're going against someone else, there is always going to be bound to something that people will just you know, lash out about or hate or love or, or, or think about and discuss and stuff like that. But that's that's the point, right? And I feel like it's, it's a good thing that you mentioned. There have always been some neutral cards which are available, since they're available for all, all factions, they can be used, like Heatwave, like an Aromancy, Royal Decree, all that stuff. Like now it's Arandyte, it's it's Siri, it's um, Golden Necker, it's Ring of Favor and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, people are playing with these cards, especially the, the, the later mentioned, because they're new cards and people want to use them because the new utility on the card is good. I'm not saying that you know, this is the only way to get into pro rank because you see people saying like, "Oh my God, I made it to pro ladder and stuff like that with a deck that didn't contain these cards." So it's still feasible. It doesn't mean that these are the only cards that you should be playing at. You know, and and if you don't play them, you're you're you know, you're not gonna make it anywhere.
2: Well, the other part about it is also that, like, do you do you remember three rogue wed back in beta? Siri Nova just drop it on the board, twenty yeah. twenty four points, easy. Yeah. Like, hello, <laughs> 20, 24 points, one card. No, no questions asked. Just drop it on the board. You're good. Okay, like, where, where is everyone? Doesn't just do people forget about that? Like, that was every. That was in every single deck. Every mm-hmm. single deck ran that card. Ran old school Siri Nova. And you know what? And since everyone ran old school Siri Nova, everyone ran Igni because you could beat Siri Nova if you could play. If you could answer it with Igni. Uh, so everybody had this this these series of neutral cards that that overtook everything but the the focal point of this episode is is feedback and feedback is so vital to the card game but what what it becomes really toxic about it is that people's the way people approach feedback is so absolutely abrasive and vile sometimes that it is I like I I have a I have thick skin say whatever the F you want about me, I could care <laughs> less. I could care less. I have found success without people, with with and without people hating and supporting me or supporting me. So don't worry about me. Say whatever the hell you want from me. I don't care. What I what bothers me is when people approach and think that the proper way to effectuate change is to attack and to de- and and to degrade people, and that is where. Ever's like, like it's the same way when people are like, "Oh, I submitted a question to your show, like you didn't answer it, like f you." It's like I we have no absolutely no obligation to do anything with the questions that you guys send us. We appreciate that you do send them, and we answer the 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 ones that we want to answer. But you know, in the same way that when you submit feedback, it, it you're it's not going straight on Vlad's desk and for consideration. There's no war room meeting at eight a.m. every every day. Where it's like, all right, these are the current, you know, these are the current Reddit problems. Let's push out a a, a thing right now because, uh, uh, you know, John Smith sixty nine says that this card is uh is really OP. So let's tone it down and make John Smith happy. And uh, to be but, fair though, but, John Smith but... had seventy upvotes. That's seventy people out of several hundred thousand that are upset here. So let's be real. Uh let's make it happen and let's get John Smith sixty-nine four twenty cush blaze it. Uh, you know, have a let's make sure he has a good weekend.
0: Yeah, but I just wanted to say that if, if if there is a topic that is coming back and is coming back and forth and is something that people a lot of people are talking about, these things actually they they are being discussed within, you know, the proper teams within um CDPR. So it's not i'm i'm saying that the, the the most important thing here is that even if this feedback is coming in and maybe sometimes it's valid maybe sometimes it's not very valid it is still being discussed within um the company who is responsible for the game in this case us so it's not you know it's not like we do not talk about these things they we talk about them and we either say okay this is a problem. This needs to be addressed. When can we do it? Next update in two months, and maybe we can hot fix it. Then we do it. If it's something that we do not address and we do don't 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 do anything about it, that probably means that the problem is not existent. In this case, it's much easier with live ops things like I don't know contracts or rewards that are not being granted. So these are things that for sure are. You know, errors on our side and should be fixed, right? Like the, the sooner the better. And but if it's balanced, it's kind of it can be either way. It can be yes or no, and it can be going. You know, either one direction or the other direction.
2: Well, so that's that is the responsible approach from CDPR's standpoint, and the, as you should, you should be listening to the feedback. But I feel like there's and an, and there's this unfair expectation from people submitting feedback that their feedback should be immediately addressed and taken as the gospel truth about things. And this is this is the the this is the the sort of the the abrasive part. This is the rough part about about taking feedback from Reddit is that there's there's this holier than thou approach to it by many people. I'm not saying everyone, so please don't quote me on that because a lot of people submit their feedback in a very constructive way and they could be real pissed off and real annoyed. But they can present their arguments in a good way. Trust me, I I I know all about submitting constructive feedback and, and being taken out of context sometimes. But at the same time, in in in, in the way that people do present it, they have this, this air of like, I am correct here. So what are you gonna do yeah. to appease me in the shortest term possible? I mean, Gwent already pushes. Updates, what, every month, right? Like, there's a patch every month, every, yeah. there's a patch every month to rebalance. That is, that is already more frequent than any other card game you'll ever see. That is a fact. Listen, I play so many card games, digital and paper. I play Runeterra, Magic, uh, Mythgard, Not Anymore, Cards, KRDS, uh, Gwent, you know, uh, all kinds of card games. No other card game pushes balance changes as frequently as Gwent does. It's just the truth, and this kind of comes back to the fact that a lot of people who play Gwent don't play any other card games. So this is the only, uh, the only experience they have within this kind of, you know, situation, and that's fa- that's fine because some people only want to play Gwent, and that's good. But there needs to be expectations here about the process of how feedback becomes actual change, and part of that is considering it and putting it against the actual. Inherent, like if you go out there and say I lost to this card or this deck four times in a row, it's OP, it's busted, it's broken. Fix it. This card is is over the top, crazy, stupid, stupid good. And then you go and check. Well, okay, so that that's four games you played, and yeah, the card beat you four times. No problem. We understand that's that sucks. Uh, we also have data on two hundred thousand other games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of those two hundred thousand other games, uh, that contain this card that you're complaining about uh the win rate on that deck is 47%. So it's so is it you or is it the card? Because if we yeah. nerf the card even further, suddenly this card becomes a 42% win rate deck and that is that is beyond unplayable. So
0: that, yeah, it's that. all about the sample size. In well, this case, you know, the, the 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 we kind of see a bigger picture than your four to five games that you play. And I have games that I'll queue into like four games and then I might be losing and and it's and I might think it's just because of like one card, but it's sometimes it's just me not executing the game plan properly or I don't know, me t- trying a new deck or me changing stuff within the deck in order to kind of fit into the current meta based on um, you know, the rank that I'm in. And, you know, that's, that's still not the the biggest sample size when it comes to like overall balance for the whole game. So you, based off of those four to five games, you cannot expect people to, to, to change stuff. And I feel like I, I have to second what you said, like people sometimes come with this expectation that I am right. You're wrong. You fix it. I'm telling you now how to do it. And yeah, I feel like you know whenever you're and 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 i feel like it's also a problem when it comes to feedback being anonymous because you, you like you said you're getting from someone someone 69 or 420 or blaze it 93 or whatever and and then you know you don't know who this person is you don't know and 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 also it's in the internet sometimes people just troll they just troll for fun they don't care uh, about a change or anything but they just, you know, they find like a topic or an echo chamber and they keep on spamming and keep that thing going just for the laughs of it or just for fun. And it doesn't mean that this is going to be like valid feedback that we should be taken into account in any way.
2: The, the other part about it, in like, like I, I haven't played in several weeks, I'm taking time off, you know, but I, Aria was here and she was playing and I sat and watched a bit and uh, while she was playing and. You know, I hadn't had as much experience with a card like Erendite or Ring of Favor or whatnot. I just, I haven't. But I watched it in action. I'm like, yeah, these are very strong cards. These are incredibly strong cards. It's incredible that you are the only person who is allowed to play it, apparently. Or you are not like, this is the other thing. is like, everybody can play these cards. And I get it. Now you're saying, oh, well, Devotion's no longer viable because these neutral cards are so big. Well, not everything is viable all the time because what happens if suddenly every card gets a brand new devotion every faction gets a brand new super powerful devotion card and now you can't run ring of favor and you can't run these it's cyclical and i get it and i and people are are saying well buff devotion because it needs to combat this and now we're on that magical power creep thing which um you know of which a remedy would be um, rhymes with schmander schmotation, but I'm not gonna nah. go down that road. Either way, I'm going I have to mention it once an episode. Uh, of course, I have to. But yeah, It's like
0: Dagon, it will co- keep on coming back. It
2: will come on. It will come back. Maybe the chances
0: for it are bigger though in the future than than for Dagon right now.
2: Dear dear Lord, I hope so. Uh, that that said, like the, the the I I love reading feedback. I take feedback for myself all the time. I took this. Feed- I I I was a guest on a podcast this past week. And I got feedback after that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, like this is constructive and and whatnot." Yeah,
0: if it's constructive, it's good. I mean, it it lets it lets you develop, it lets you grow. And the same goes for 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 Gwen as a game. Like there are we get good feedback. We really do get good feedback that we discuss, that we implement, that we have within the game. And I feel like this community has been noticing that. I also remember there was a time where uh, we had a lot of Hearthstone players migrate into the game. And they were surprised by the fact that, A, we do monthly uh, balance changes, which was which was weird for them. Because like you said, it's not something that happens in, in most of the card games that you you and me even enjoy. Um, but second of all was the thing that the developers actually listen to you and interact with you on a normal basis. This is also one of the things why I joined the company. Because uh, if you remember my origin story, I... Um, you know, I had a problem within The Witcher 3. I was in Karamor, and I think Lambert or Esko, one of them, was falling into the ground. And this was a, was a game-breaking kind of bug because it did not let you progress within the main quest. And I wrote to, um, you know, to CDPR at that time through their official forums. And I got a reply from the community manager at the time, uh, Martin Lomot, who is still with the company, telling me that it's going to be fixed in the next update. So, so hold on tight, it's going to be fixed and that was all that I needed and, and this was like, you know, I put in my feedback I let him know that I had problems and I got information instantly that it's going to be fixed which is like, what else as a player would you want? and I know there were people at the time complaining that, oh, it should be fixed now like, you have two days to fix it or something like that I, you, you get people like with demanding
2: stuff from that's you. great, like I didn't look how many bosses you have, Pavel that's incredible <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like, that.
0: like yeah, everybody's every no. Reddit is my boss. Uh, if Reddit was my boss, I probably would not have any salaries because I'd be like, this month, bourgeois did not reply to these many things. Yeah. You will not get salary.
2: I I listen. It's uh, the the like uh, uh, like again to to sort of take the bad guy route on this. I I feel like feedback is is so important and it's so good, but like. <laughs> Like, uh, but it needs to be
0: constructive. What
2: it you does, said, it look, needs
0: to be constructive.
2: I'm, I'll am i say it. I'll say it because I know a lot of people feel it. The Gwent the, Gwen, the Gwen community has sort of taken this like toxicity turn and it's really like, it's really unfortunate because it used to be so, it used to be, and I know that this is not everybody. And, I, but the problem is, like I said, 10% of the noise, 200% of the volume. Like, I, where are all the positive things being said? Where is all the supportive People out there, like I'm calling on everybody out there who has a positive thing to say about anything, then go and start sharing that stuff because I get it. Things are sometimes not like how many more posts do we need about the fact that Erendite is a card? Like, we get it, we get it, we absolutely get it. We get it, we get it, we get it, we get it, we get it. What part of balance? like, worries you that these cards are not going to get seen. We've Like, there's sweeping changes every month that go through. But the fact that, like, the majority of the noise is this negative buzz, like, I will be completely honest with you. I have absolutely very little, like, interest in sort of getting, like, diving back into the game's culture and stuff like that because of how toxic the water is right now. And, like, I play privately, but do I want to stream the game? Do I want to go? No, because I don't want to hear people come and start, you know, Crapping on me because I I I cast the game sometimes. Like I don't want I don't want to get knee deep into that culture of like where every single post about anything positive is met with a reply of some negative garbage, and it's like like it's just freaking exhausting, is what
0: it
1: is. But I feel
0: I I feel like when it, when it comes to streaming and and also when it comes to your own kind of communities, I think as content creators, we can kind of have this community around us, which is. Kind of away from the second chamber, and it's kind of more there for the enjoyment. Like I know, whenever I stream Gwen, the people that come there, there are of course a couple people that will complain. But since those complaints, they do not see any reaction from me or me saying anything about it. The interaction with the people that are in my chat or that are watching at that time is more like a nice, wholesome discussion. Like hey how you doing like we're yeah. playing this, this 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 is pretty cool like this is fun like we don't get that negativity like going through because we kind of nip it in the bud right we just well
2: like, the out. other part about it is like if you're having a conversation like anybody who i always like to do this and people typically back off but if anybody ever has some well, something nasty to say about me like i'm all for firing up a discord call and let's talk about it. Tell me to my yeah. face. I'm not like, but that's where everybody hides under a rock afterwards because that's the
0: problem. Well, that's it because you're actually telling that to your face. And
2: I'm, look, <laughs> I, well, that's that's the deal. And look, at the same time, there are there are very, there are popular people within the Gwent community who say crappy things about me. And when I confront them privately, I'm like, you want to talk about it? We could talk about it. Like, like adults, they burrow away and are completely poof gone, ninja dust, disappear. Yeah. Like that's what they do. But in terms of what the 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 negative feedback thing is, it's that it's not so much about about effectuating change, it's about expressing their dismay about something in a way where everyone else will pump their tires and validate their opinion. And their opinion is val is is as soon as you have an opinion, it is immediately validated. So what, how do you invalidate your opinion? Well, you attack people and, say, and, 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 and go after, and like, like, one of the questions we got was like, CDPR is clearly incompetent. And then boom, and then they ask their question. I'm like, is that really? Like, you could take that That's out. how you start your question, Basically, right? So everybody who has an opinion, your opinion is immediately validated merely by the fact that you have it. How do you invalidate it? You do sh- shit like that. That's how you yeah. invalidate it. So it's not it, like it's the easiest thing to give feedback. it's it, it, the, and, and have it validated. It takes effort to make yourself look like an absolute clown and automatically just be like, you know what I we're not listening to this. It's the same thing because I don't care if you tell me that I need improvement and I'm not good at what I do. But tell it to me in a way where I can understand how I can improve because in that case it's not just a matter of you wanting something to improve it's a matter of you wanting to prove a point that you're some hero that you know I'm I'm like this yeah. you know I'm gonna be that guy who's gonna come here and and tell the boss Night that he's armor basically
0: i gonna, I'm has gonna this, tell him how it is <laughs> yeah I'm gonna tell
2: him how it is but I'm gonna use a I'm gonna use a fake screen name and I'm gonna yeah. m- make sure that uh, I only reply to content to comments that validate my side of the story and I'm not gonna listen to anything else look if you have an opinion about the game, it is immediately validated. Okay. That is, that's a fact. But there are ways to do it. And if you're, if, you know, like the whole thing about, like, oh, I just told them that they're stupid and they should fix their game. Why aren't they listening to me? Well, there's your answer. <laughs> there's yeah. your answer. Yeah. I mean, anyway. if you,
0: if you, any conversation you have and you tell the other person that they are stupid automatically gets you out of this conversation. This is not a conversation, it's, it's pretty much. You saying that okay, he or she is stupid, and that's not a valid argument. Yeah. that's just that's just you not having arguments and pulling that like out of your butt and saying like, okay, this is this is like my last play, but it's like
2: yeah, well, there's
0: no point of talking after that. Can right? can
2: I can I say the question that was submitted? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, he, here's example one A of how not to approach a situation. That
0: feedback. <laughs> yeah, this
2: is not how you do it because I can I could easily. I can easily reword this to make you look like it like a like an actual competent human being, but rather you take the approach of I'm going to be a hero and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have so many backhanded insults in this in this comment that I'm going to look like a total god about it and I'm going to go home and I'm like, "Oh my god, they read it. I'm such a badass." This is how you not do it, okay? This is the question. Some players claim that CDPR is incompetent. Yet you managed to introduce the same bug with summoning circle showing the deck order again. How do you manage to do it? What do you like <laughs> like come on like really we address that. You, not can, a you, can, you know how you you know how you ask this question you say there have been multiple instances where cards that where cards that are played search your deck and look at your deck and it is an, an unintentional thing that it shows the deck in order how does mm-hmm. this continuously occur and how is this a, a reoccurring or like why is this a reoccurring problem is that a bad way to say it? it? Takes everything that in the spirit of what you want to say, but weeds out all the douchebaggery that you pump into these questions. And this is why feedback is it, on Reddit is mostly disregarded, it's because it is packaged with a a shit bow on it. Like that's oh. what it is. And this is part of like my little rant about why I could care less about feedback on Reddit because it is mostly you know it, it produced in such a Garbage way, and it's terrible in that regard. And that, and the consequence of that is that the many, many people out there who are presenting great arguments as to why the certain things need change are lost amidst the this this sea of of floating garbage like this. And it's yeah. unfortunate, but
0: that's. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes there is good feedback. Like uh, we get a lot of good feedback when it comes to journeys and adding new stuff to 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 them and or changing some things. So there are there. We get good feedback also out of Reddit, but there are sometimes the ones that are connected mostly to balance are, because the ones to balance are very subjective and they will kind of never get through, or they're just, um, you know, when it comes to like interactions and, and validating them. And I feel like there are a lot of the ones, like the, like the one you read where people are just going, the, the, you can see that they're typing those out uh, while being pretty much just pissed at the world or at the game. And that's that's kind of their way of of dealing w- with it and kind of venting out um, and letting it out, kind of and uh, spinning that kind of negativity. And I feel like a lot of people also in their, on the you know on Reddit and also on the internet are kind of just they're just waiting for someone to start you know the talk and making something negative and they just bounce off of it they feed off of it and i feel like they keep on creating this this negativity which is not good for anybody else like on a normal like human basis like if you're surrounded by negative thoughts and you're always against everything that that life must be you know pretty shitty for you right because you could be you know, happy, or if you're giving feedback or anything like that, just, just give it in a constructive way. Like we have, we have, we had people writing essays to us or like, you know, uh, five pages of, of stuff like that, or design ideas and things that come out of like pure passion and love for the game. And there's just like, Oh, this balance shit, the CDPR sucks. And, and, and that's okay. What, what am I supposed to yeah. do with that? True story. You can pretty much just take it and throw it out or just write to you, thank you for your feedback.
2: Period. Yeah. And, well, yeah, like that's a no offense, but like if you're going to hide a good idea within a cocoon of garbage, then you're not, we're not like, I, I would imagine that CDPR is not interested in cracking that shell of, of shit to get to that, you know, that juicy bit that you've nestled into because you think that you're like some sarcastic god. That's not how that works. Uh, true story, though, I did uh, start writing my. Proposal as to what Gwent draft should look like, uh, and uh, then I just stopped, <laughs> so uh, I I gave up on that. But uh, I did have it that all flushed out. But that's how you present feedback. You don't go in and say this is garbage, change no. it, and then I'll get mad at something else. But anyway, look, I want to applaud and I want to end this this discussion on the positive note that there are immensely there are there's an immense amount of people out there who are positively influencing the game I and agree. providing feedback in constructive manners whether they like something or not and do not misconstrue positive and constructive feedback sorry constructive feedback with positive feedback yes. it's not the same yes. because yes, you can, can
0: be yeah
2: yeah so when somebody says that something's garbage you could say it's garbage just be like look i, I said it I've said that, I say that all the time. I listen, I have told the, the, the Gwent developers that I think that the draft mode is, is really not functional and not, not good. I have said that. I've written my piece about it. And uh, that is a constructive way to approach something when you – when I do not like anything about draft mode. And I've told them exactly why. But I've presented it in a way where I explain my reasons. And I'm not attacking anyone, nor am I saying that you, someone's incompetent or their work is bad or whatever. I'm merely saying this is what I believe. There are ways to do that. And that exists out there and those posts do exist but they're always inundated with the wrong approach but i want to applaud the people who take the correct approach of of being able to express that they do not like something and being able to then substantiate it with reasoning and and ways to potentially improve and sometimes you do not always have the right answer you know to do something like for instance let me let me let me give you an example uh if if somebody gets a a bullet wound to the stomach you know, and comes to me for help, I might not know how to fix the problem, but I know that shoving a knife in their eye is not the right way to do it. I know I can I can make that distinguish. Uh, I could distinguish what, uh, what the wrong approach is without having to know what the solution is, you know? So that's definitely a, a way here. So if you don't like something, you don't necessarily need to have the solution to it. You merely just need to under, uh, be able to articulate why it's not working. And that's yeah. perfectly fine as well. And for those people out there, provide feedback in a constructive and, 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 you know, friendly way. That's how games grow. And that's how you earn mm-hmm. more attention and trust from the developers who are looking at this feedback. And, you know, like if, if I got a knock on the door like 20 times a day and 19 of those times someone's going to kick me in the balls, I'm not going to answer the door anymore. But if it was yeah. one out of 20 times... I would answer the door every time. Be like, well, exactly. there's something positive coming out of here. But like, that's kind of how it is. You go to Reddit and it's like, all right, how many times am I going to get kicked in the balls before somebody gives me a pat on the back? Like, you know, like that's kind of how it goes.
0: I just want to say it's not all of Reddit uh, because like I said, there are there there has been good feedback coming out of it. But the, the most visible one sometimes is the one that is stuck in the negative echo chamber. But I wanted to second what Yusuf, like uh, that whoever is passing on their feedback in a constructive manner, which is helping grow the game. Like, thank you, because you have been, you know, an important part of Gwen's development. And last year we hit five years. And I feel like those five years were, you know, we had our ups and downs and stuff like that. But community has always been coming back with some great ideas in terms of like what needs to be changed, what should be addressed, what should, you know, what should remain the same and stuff like that. All this is kind of helping us throughout this time. And, and you also need to bear in mind that this was our first multiplayer title in, in, in such a capacity, in such a way. So we've learned a lot about taking your feedback into consideration, but we also learned a lot from you how to how to you know implement stuff into the game itself. Because let's not forget the people who comment and give their feedback that is constructive, these are also gamers. And these are people who, A, care about the game because they're passionate about it. B, they play other games and are part of other communities. And they can bring something new and fresh and, and a different, uh, you know, uh, view on, on, on different subjects. And this is, this is what's helping us as a game grow. And it's also helping us as a community grow. And of course there are bad apples, but you will get bad apples in any community. And, uh, you will have people, you know, saying that everything is shit, but I mean, we're kind of used to it by now. And these things, like we don't, like Flake said, we don't, we don't really see them and care about them, but we... Filter through all that stuff to find, you know, the good, juicy stuff um, that can make us better as a game. I like it. I like it. All right.
2: We're gonna get feedback on this episode. It's gonna be the same thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm I'm happy. If it's constructive, it would be really nice to get more feedback coming for, for the episodes that we do of the podcast. So nah, uh, keep on coming. Yeah. But in the meantime, in the meantime, don't forget Ninety three shop.com. 983 shop.com, check out that merch. Yeah, get there absolutely. Yeah. Use the
2: code Flurza five. Get five dollars exactly. off your first order. Why not? Um, and friends? become
0: a Dagon rumor reporter.
2: Damn right, exactly. Instant journalistic credentials. If you have that shirt on, you can exactly. go to you can go to the White House and interview the yeah. president. You wear CNN, that shirt.
0: BBC, IGN, you know, all that, whatever. No one has anything on you.
2: No, you go there. You with that shirt, people will be like, Oh, would you? Exactly. Would you like to give the speech for the president? Clearly, instant hire. Yeah. Instant hire. All right. Q&A, coming around the corner, don't go too far.
0: All right, hello and welcome back to the Q&A, or the mailbag as we love to call it, where we take your questions from... Uh, reddit and twitter as you guys know we, we weren't here last week so we're taking last week questions uh for this week's episode um and we'll start off with mercern good, awesome,
2: awesome, good guy good awesome guy
0: awesome dude love him yep uh, okay my super important question is why have we never seen flake with a beard and burza without a beard
2: Hmm. I do not remember if you ever were beardless when, when we met, like, you were?
0: Uh, no, when we met... 2017. Now, I don't think I, so. I think in 2017 was the last time where I shaved my beard for like a brief but second. We, but yeah, we met at the end no, of like,
2: 2017, so that's you probably had your beard back then
0: but I don't think there was a twig that I ever did without a beard. There was one that I had only a mustache uh, back in the day for like November. Uh,
2: for your porn but, shoot, yeah.
0: <laughs> but um, I hardly ever shave, like completely. Like the, the thing that I have right now, like a light kind of uh, beard stubble kind of thing is, is, is like the lowest I'll go. Um, I wanted to shave recently completely, but, uh, my wife said no, so, <laughs> um, you know, you can't argue with that. So, but I, I love to like, I love to, at least I used to love to like at least once a year, like clean shave, but yeah, then my wife is against it. And my daughter is also like, no no, no, please don't. You look weird. So yeah, I try not to do it. Flake, have you ever tried to grow a beard? I've
2: tried. It doesn't. So true story. So when I was in the hospital for like those four months, I didn't shave for several months because I mm-hmm. I just couldn't. couldn't <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was paralyzed, so I couldn't do it. But that was the most I've ever had of growth on my face. And if you look at pictures, you're like, you did what, what happened like you could see like this like crustache that i grew like at one point eventually Hi. like my dad was there and he's like okay like it, it, we gotta shave you like it like it's just even if it's patchy and gross like it's just you look like you like you gotta look like a human being like i was already like i had already lost like 50 pounds like out in the bed and no. I, i'm like let's at least make you look like you're still alive <laughs> like so, so but i told my dad i'm like leave the mustache I said, I, yeah. I've never in my life grown one.
0: I want a stash.
2: Yeah. So I'm like, give me a stash. So he, my dad shaved everything else except like the mustache part. And I kept that for a few days. And I was like, mm. but you can't like the reason why you've never seen me with a beard. See this. This is like three days of growth and nothing like I just can't. And oh, wow. I'm 36 and I'm pretty sure I'm past the point of no return when it comes to this. Like when I was in my 20s, like early 20s, I had people like, oh, I didn't get my beard until I was like 25. Then I turned 25 and people were like, oh, mine only really filled out when I was 30. Then I was 30 and people were like, oh, well, I guess you're just a man child. I'm like, I guess I am a man child. So that's, the uh, yeah, it can't happen. So that's why the real reason is because it's, it is not biologically possible for me Um and frankly, I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm all right with that. Yeah. I shave like I once think it's, every I five think it's days. Normal. Yeah,
0: it's it's. I I envy you. I wish I wish I could do that. Um, it depends kind of uh, on 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 your biology. Let's say some people can grow one very easily, and they have like. And, and also the thing with it is like, if you start shaving early and I think I started sh- shaving quite early, cause I don't know, I was like 18, maybe 19, that was like the earliest where I started shaving. Like the more you shave it, the thicker it grows back and the more volume kind of, you know, uh, it gets. So you kind of need to, need to maintain it more and it grows back quicker, I feel um so yeah i'm i sometimes i just wish i can just shave it off but i know that you know it's going to be three days and it's pretty much going to be visible so um but it's good for the
2: aerodynamics on your bike
0: it is do you shave your legs pavel i do nice guilty like I can even lift my legs. Nice, and, look at that! Clean. Hell yeah,
2: dude! We got some PG-13 action over here. We got yep. some, we got some Berza legs on the yeah, show. Yeah. Use the code Berza Legs Five.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'll send, I'll send you good pics. <laughs> I'm like swole after a bike ride, <laughs> tanned nicely.
2: Well, oh, the Flurza OnlyFans is gonna be, it's gonna be my face with no beard and your legs, both
0: smooth as a baby's <laughs> ass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, if you, if that if that helps me pay the bills i mean dude, <laughs> you i always tell do people it. i'm like hey if you want to pay
2: for pictures of my feet or something by all means i do not kink shame <laughs> you do what you got to do for all intents and purposes just do what you got to do so if you, if you want feet whatever, picks, whatever rocks your boat yeah dude i'm listen i do not kink shame you go and do your own thing um it's all good all right uh next question from phantom mag asking uh Hey, my beautiful gentleman. I assume that's us. That's pretty sweet. Yes. Uh, my question Phantom is the Mag following. Is awesome. Yeah, Phantom Meg is awesome. Uh, asking, uh, would you like 2023 to have more cards, like two or three expansions? These expansion about 70 cards or so, or would you prefer the current state where it's less cards, but crazier ideas? Uh, also, if Persia can share any small hints, if 2023 is going to be the exact same or not allowed to say anything at all. I miss your daily streams, Berja stay awesome both of you. So there's a few points here. We can actually we'll start with um, you know, what we would like in 2023. Uh, you know, two or three like I am always beating the drum of more cards, more cards, more cards. And and I've said this on this show. I've said it to whoever asks. Uh, pumping out like 21 cards in like 6 months is not it's not good. Um the cards were great. Don't get me wrong, very impactful. But I'm first to say that you got to pump out more cards and then people are like, "Well, how many ideas are you going to have?" Well, the way that you solve that is schmandard Schmotation, and that's kind of how you uh, rectify certain things and go from that that point forward. And people are going to be like, there he goes again, saying the thing about standard rotation, of which I don't have a solid argument to counteract with, but that's how we're going to go with it. But I am all for, I wish, next season, three expansions, 70 cards apiece. I wish, sorry, next season, next year. I wish that were the case. I don't think it's going to be the case but you could probably
0: shed some more light on that. I wish I could like give you a full perspective of what's going to happen next year like first of all we want to do this cycle this year where we have uh, card drops which are a little bit smaller but have thied, like tied themes around them and see how they perform. This 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 kind of thing that we did this year was kind of based off of I think one of the old uh, leader cards that we had as arts and we dropped them in oh. like a 12 card pack and kind of see how it, it would impact the current meta and we've seen that you know these smaller drops actually have a big impact on the meta itself and people are you know are gearing towards them and crafting these cards um, but me, like on a personal level, I would want us in 2023 to go back to making maybe a little bit bigger expansions when it comes to the sheer amount of cards. It's much easier to, th- to tie like a whole theme around it. It's much easier to, um, you know, create more hype and stuff around them. It's be- better for the reveal season of the cards and hyping people up for them. It's much easier to implement kegs instantly instead of waiting for a couple card drops and then having a keg for players who like keg opening and do not want to only be crafting cards and stuff like that. So I'm more myself towards the the more the better, but we will have to wait and see kind of what next year will bring based off of what we learned from this year. So we are kind of you know gauging what are the possibilities for next year still since um uh, it is it is only may but it feels like we're like halfway through the year already like we burned through half of the year very very quickly which is which is normal um and yeah so i cannot share anything when it comes to 2023 um what i can tell you is for sure i hope we have more um new journeys coming in and stuff like that hopefully that's that's going to be the case And hopefully we have bigger card drops because that's what I like personally, but we'll see kind of what the decisions are on the, on the higher level here.
2: The issue with small card drops is that you have to make, like, if you have a 12 card drop, like you mentioned, like the ones with the old school leader and like, yeah, it did have an impact on the meta. It's because all of those cards were super strong. Yeah.
0: So you just have to be fire cards, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can release a six card set and if all the cards are super impactful, obviously it's going to impact the meta because everyone's going to play those cards. So that that's not but in my opinion that's not that's not the um the the litmus test for whether an a card drop is successful or not i i i feel like sh- a shift of the meta is not a successful card drop because if the sh- meta shift is is then, okay, well, now everyone's just playing this card or this card. Yeah. Like, maybe, like currently, like the fact that there's, you know, these three or four neutral cards that everyone's basing their deck around because they're super strong. I mean, like, if you dropped 70 more cards, people would have other options to perhaps yeah. create other alternatives. But again, uh, card pool is like ultra inflated. Uh, you know, power creep is, is certainly on the radar and something that is of, of note. And who knows, next card drop. Like I I feel like if you go six months without new content, that is that's dangerous. It's frankly it's dangerous. And uh, especially since the the card drop is not like seventy cards where people can be like, okay, we've tried the big stuff, we've tried the obvious stuff, let's start getting creative with other stuff. You don't have that when there's only twenty cards that that are are out there, but so yeah, I I really hope that twenty twenty three is a little bit more like, you know, drop a seventy card expansion, drop like a twelve card booster then drop a 70-card expansion, drop a 12-card booster. I think that that's... Even if the 12-card booster is, like, small, they're they're not super impactful, but they're extra support for whatever lags behind, I think that that's also a possibility. All right.
0: Yeah. And in our case, it's just uh, less cards, but also going back and addressing cards which see less use and kind of making them better in this case. So kind of give you a little bit more tools without introducing new stuff. But I know players always want new new because that's that's the cool stuff
2: all right uh next one
0: by Antio. um will syndicate coins limit be increased in the future so more coins for syndicate
2: no god no Uh, look i don't know if they're going to be increased but i think that if you do increase the coin limit it's going to be the worst thing ever imagine imagine uh um you know, dropping a Siggy for 11 and having 11 coins. Imagine the yeah. the absolute, because part of it is also the fact that if you do have a bigger coin increase, that means you have a better coin carryover uh, mm-hmm. from round to round. And also your tributes would have to be probably reestablished, you know, cards that are like tribute nine, that's your whole bank. So you have to work towards filling your whole bank. Do you adjust the full tribute to, to 10 or 11 or 12 or whatever the increase is? Uh, it would, in which case it becomes harder to attain potentially which then means you have to play siggy and you have to build a deck to support it i think nine is just the magic number and i think it's perfectly fine but i think that increasing yeah. the coin limit on a deck or a, on a you know that that just means that in round one or two where people are just trying to fill their bank to carry over to four or five to the next round you know it's a little bit easier and then the what about the flying redanian is the flying redanian still coming out at nine or is it coming out at 10 or 11 or 12 so there's yeah. a lot to be think i think that nine is is the perfectly nine fine is number s-
0: sweet number in this case yeah
2: because there are like the 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 repercussions of filling your bank to beyond nine is like what if now king of beggars comes out and now you can click them 12 times instead of nine yeah. or or whatnot you know so <laughs> yeah so or there's tunnel drill or tunnel that, 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 that. drill yeah imagine an extra click or two on tunnel drill like it's it's obscene That can't be
0: that can't be a lot that can't be game changing
2: that could well i mean tunnel drill was already game changing Yeah. so um yeah uh i think that's clean and clear i don't think that it's gonna happen i don't think it should happen (laughs) all right you're up
0: by kajikar from um twitter if you had to make this there's, there's actually a couple couple questions. I'll start with the with the one about Eurovision. Uh, I don't know if you know what Eurovision is like.
2: I only know what Eurovision is because people on my Reddit thread talk about it. People like Jagarus is always about it uh alicia always talks about eurovision yeah and i have no clue what the hell she's talking about i just know that it's like the problem is, is here in north america the amount of singing talent shows that there are is obscene yeah. there's about 953 of them and 954 of them are terrible so yeah. uh I, we don't have eurovision obviously for we because we're not in europe but i have seen clips and i've seen how how awesome it is i always felt that Competition that uh, is nationality based always gets a lot of support and always gets a lot of passion behind it. Like, even here in Canada, like the World Cup, we haven't, Canada hasn't fielded a team at the World Cup or any kind of football, um, you know, contest at the highest levels in God knows how long. Canadian, like men's Canadian soccer is terrible. We're just bad. But, (laughs) but when, but we're such a multicultural country that, when there is a world cup everybody goes out to the bar with their colors because everybody is like their mother was born in Italy or they've uh, they've immigrated from Poland or the Ukraine or you know you got people from the UK here you've got you know uh, whatever um you know uh, countries that they're from but they all come to Canada and they all whenever there's a match it's like you know who's playing because you can look out the window and see the flags on the cars and the people with the jerseys enjoying themselves so if that is kind of what the the passion and the spice that Eurovision brings, I'm all for that. I think that that's awesome.
0: So when it comes to me and Eurovision, I hate it. I think it should be eradicated because it's <laughs> terrible music. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I've uh, I've been known to have a very specific music t- taste, um, which mainly consists of. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that harsh, um, I would say my, my dad is more harsh when it comes to music and stuff like that, because I let things slip and, and go, and there there are a couple pop songs that I would say that I uh, enjoy, but mainly it's just, um, I just like rock music mainly. Um, and it's old school, it's new school stuff, It's uh, but I, I don't shy away from hip hop, uh, you know, electronic music and stuff like that. So I'm not by any means, any uh, person saying like, only you should be only listening to this. But I feel like this is kind of like a bad popularity contest from countries choosing some weird-ass like uh, musical. You know, like I would, I I'm I'm even afraid to even call it music because normally it just sucks and it's just just bad for your ears and and these people have no talent, and uh, they go head to head against each other to see who who's better and they make like a whole show out of it and i feel like i it's 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 just a waste of money and um i hope my taxes are not paying for these people to actually travel to these events and stuff like that because if if so i wanna i wanna pull out my taxes <laughs> because uh yeah it's just it's just cringe it's bad it's it's i i know some people like it but i think they just like it for the for the cringe uh, so of it so there's uh no.
2: there's some feedback for you post that one on reddit on eurovision reddit yes yes i
0: will go to say that please close this this is crap thank you
2: get your 73 upvotes and then feel like cdpr or eurovision has to hire you they have to respect you yeah i don't
0: even want them to hire me uh
2: whom would you send from canada uh i i was i don't even i'd send myself
0: (laughs) yeah i'd send myself new boys band
2: damn right exactly uh what was it? Uh, what's Polish for boys to men like uh, chłopczy, uh, chłopaki, uh, <laughs> i pan,
0: chłopczyki, <laughs> mężczyźni. <or>, uh,
2: so, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's will be our. Uh, I'll get Shinmiri to come with it. We'll have a North American team. <laughs> It'll be me, Shinmiri. Uh, I'll get McBeard out of out of uh, oh, out of hibernation. Yeah. yeah, he'll come by. It'll be great. We'll and
0: merchant, you need merchant. Oh, well, I need a, I need a tenor.
2: No, but Mogwai's European, like but so is yeah, Merchant, true. Merchant Kent. Like these are all Europeans. Like uh, we have yeah, to true. like we're we're doing a North American invasion.
0: We'll just, we'll, we'll just get him a visa or <laughs> some type of, you know. I don't know who else
2: who else is from the states who bushy? I guess Bushy maybe. <laughs> I suppose. But it's like midway through it, it's going to be like midway through the song you would be like this sucks. I'll yeah. <laughs> be like all right. Thanks, shit yeah uh all right let's let's move on uh what else we got um
0: when it comes to other questions uh from this dude uh you if you had to make a witcher movie only from all three from all the three games like looking into witcher 1 2 and 3 if you took only the side quests what would it be like which direction would you go uh when it comes to to witcher and and there was some um there was an example from him saying that um there would be nice to kind of do like a noir crime detective gerald spin um and that's of course one of them for sure but i feel like us here we would just make a um gerald playing gwent against different opponents and in, in different um in different places so this would be a mashup of all the um gwent uh, battles that can happen and we would pretty much make a spin and this would be an animated Geralt. so it will be Yu-Gi-Oh gwent set uh you know set in the witcher universe with nice. Geralt as the main protagonist that's that's how i would spin it i would do it totally 10 out of 10 would be the best show
2: i don't doubt it marvel did marvel noir series um comic yeah. books back in the day and they were excellent it was a reinvisionment, uh, like a reimagining of of the characters and their and their powers and such. Like, Spider Man didn't really have spider powers uh, in the traditional way, but he was a detective who like put yeah. on a mask and would like lurk in the shadows to to catch people. And you know, there was like one of the villains was like the Vulture, and you know the Vulture from the the comics yeah. and the movies and whatever. But the Vulture in this case was merely somebody who was like a circus sideshow who ate like who was a cannibal and ate like you know so. There was no superpowers. It was just like I love it. Yeah, it was excellent. There was a I
0: love whatever they did always with the multiverse and the Spider Verse. It's just freaking incredible. I remember when I used to watch the animated uh, Spider Man. There was this episode where you had Spider Mans from different universes kind of come in, and they were they 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 looked different. They had like I I still remember my favorite one was the silver like um, Spider Man. With, mm-hmm. like, did did he have, like, the Doc Hawk like, uh... Um... Well, there's the
2: Iron Spidey, but that one may have been after, because the Iron Spidey came out during the Civil War arc, uh, which I believe oh, was, yeah. like, Civil War arc was, I think, like, 2010-ish, around that yeah, time, yeah, yeah. but uh, the cartoon, like, I think you're talking about the 90s cartoon. Yes, yeah, that's you, the one. Maybe you're thinking about Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara, who is, like, yes. the future Spidey, but I don't think he was Silver, but... Uh there was all kinds of different I I remember that one. No, there was also no, the no
0: no. Twenty ninety nine was later. There was there was like a silver Spider Man. I don't remember what it was. Maybe there. it
2: was like there was a Spider Man, I think, that was once uh possessed by the like the power cosmic, you know, like he became one of like the the four horsemen, like the heralds of doom from like Galactus and stuff like that. Like similar to what Silver Surfer is. Um
0: Yes, it wasn't it was a silver armor that he had. He may um, have become like
2: a uh he may yeah. have been possessed by the power cosmic because i think that their cosmic spider-man is a thing which is crazy but yeah
0: Ah, actually this is this is a one from uh, this was this was alternative reality one where he um stops uncle ben from being killed Ah. and he is a playboy multi-billionaire so pretty much he becomes Iron Man, kind of in a way. Okay. So he has like this nice, uh, crazy armor on him.
2: Well, that makes and, sense.
0: And uh, yeah, with, uh, he has like all the, all the Spider Man stuff. So like the strength, uh, you know, sticking to walls, agility and stuff like that. But he also has like advanced armor capabilities and all that cool stuff. So yeah.
2: There was, um. A... he's,
0: he's with, he's engaged to Gwen Stacy and that... and that's, um...
2: that's who he should be with. A lot of people don't realize that it's not Mary Jane is true love. It's actually Gwen Stacy. Um, the there was a there was a comic book that was released like the what if like the what if the what if series is now a um, a show right on Disney Plus, but it, what people don't know is that this is a long running comic book series where they do like one off issues of like what if, and one of them was what if it was Aunt May who died instead of Uncle Ben, and they went down yeah, and what they went down that road was that Peter Parker became very vengeful and became very uh, aggressive and violent because he didn't have the calmness and the and the serenity and like the 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 presence that aunt may had that uncle ben fell into depression and couldn't deal with it and peter then went on a rampage to find out who did it and started like killing people and he became a villain in himself so yeah very cool like the what if series are awesome yeah it was great I, i still i think i still have that issue and it's just um you know it's not canon by any means but none of the what you if you like is. to see
0: a different spin on your favorite character right exactly
2: there's actually a really cool um uh superman story arc because superman came from space and landed in the middle of mm-hmm. i don't know where it was like ohio or iowa or wherever the clarks were but imagine what they said was imagine smallville uh smallville yeah <laughs> but imagine if it was 12 hours later where the the Earth had rotated halfway through, and he landed in Russia, which would have been on the other side, and he would have become... Yeah, so I think it was called Red, Red Sun. So all yes. these little minor details of and the impacts that they have are very cool. So uh, I like exploring those little what-if situations, and those are always fun to uh, digest. But when it comes to... If I were to make a Witcher movie or a TV show, I've never played the game, so I can't even tell you. I do the one where he fights the monsters. That's that's what that's what I would say.
0: Oh, canon. <laughs> yeah, got
2: him. It. it is canon. Um, all right. Uh, two more. This one from Michael Loda asking: yeah. Orange juice with pulp or without?
0: Okay, this is this is a one that can divide us. It could. So, yeah. Like, do you want to just your... go
2: like say it uh, like with or without on three? Like we go one, two, three, and then say with or without. Yes. Okay, ready? One two, three, without, with, what? Dude, (laughs) gross. Like why, why would you want it? It's like,
0: Oh, I just love that pulp, man. Oh man. I'm I'm, not only you drink it, but you get to bite into it. Mm. Yeah.
2: That's not what we're trying to do here. Like that's not the point is it's juice. It's juice. I don't need floaty bits in my juice.
0: Mm. There's like an Mm. asteroid
2: field in my, in my orange juice. We don't need that. I don't need it.
0: I'm not I'm not very like um strict about this. I I tend to enjoy both versions, but um I like I don't know, I like it with the pulp. Uh, maybe it's because when I normally squeeze it if I don't have something to kind of uh, sift it through, I would just leave it in, but sometimes I sometimes I like it smooth, so I kind of get that sometimes you don't want anything in it, but when it comes to like my overall preference, if I'm going to the shop to 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 kind of um Get orange juice. I'll take the one with the pulp, most likely.
2: It's a good move, I guess. Maybe I didn't know that you're like squeezing your own oranges at your house. Like that was.
0: Uh, actually, we had like a squeezer in the office, and we would get fresh oranges, and I would just make orange juice out of that. Perfect CDPR.
2: Incredible, incredible. That's why you guys aren't getting. Yeah, that's why you you guys don't get premium tokens because you have like the uh, people tending to the orchard of orange trees. Uh, behind CDPR.
0: Exactly, and I'm just squeezing the juice instead of listening to your feedback. Exactly,
2: exactly. Give him feedback on how to properly squeeze an orange. He'll be like, "Oh,
0: okay, perfect.
2: I'll listen. Yeah. Subscribe." Uh, uh, all right, last one.
0: Oh, well, how does this one make it into our, our list? You know why it makes it why. in here
2: because I went copy and paste. That's how it was in here.
0: Shady Land Shark is asking on Reddit, "When will a standard mode be added?" Mm, can't imagine how difficult it is to create cards now. Oh. Tell us. It is difficult to create cards. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. It's um, incredible. It's, in, it's insane. It's know. almost as this, if other this card is a games question for Vlad and the design team. Yeah, Vlad, you know. listening, buddy? When? when? Vlad, if you're listening, please answer. In the I'm just saying down below.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, Vlad listen, Vlad plays magic. He you does. Know. Vlad knows all about standard rotation and and. But
0: Vlad mainly plays uh, plays drafted Magic though.
2: Huh? Right. Oh, and, Whoa. <laughs> more yeah. more things that could possibly uh, be changed and See? improved upon. Look, I put it in here because I just wanted to because I thought it was fun to just go ahead and rehash.
0: Of course, I but, love I love you uh, sticking standard rotation yeah. everywhere.
2: And I love getting the messages of people telling me I'm stupid and wrong without any actual arguments. But,
0: but, <laughs>
2: but. Um, for the, you know, health and longevity of the game and the creative space necessary, I fully believe that a standard mode, uh, is necessary. And, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I've said it for 27 episodes now, so that's where we're at.
0: Yeah, this topic will always keep on coming back. Absolutely love standard rotation. Me, not so much, but I can be convinced.
2: Yeah, so I don't know what else we can uh, we can go on. We didn't miss the last week. I was kind of busy. You were kind of busy. Everybody was so-so. I'm still busy, but I, I wanted to make sure that we got this uh, under wraps. And I think that it was- Love a, you, man. I love it. Listen, I don't, don't even love start. I love doing this podcast. I know. I know. So much fun. Listen, if, if ever I'm no longer involved in Gwent, this podcast will live on in some way, very yes. much, uh, form, or way. We don't know what we'll talk
0: but... about card games. Even even if we have to self publish, we'll self publish. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. Mark is gonna be Mark, this is gonna be like
0: I'll just I'll just change my YouTube channel and I'll yeah. learn editing and stuff like that. We'll I'll be, do it we'll be fine. just fine.
2: Just for us. And then we'll yes. it, it'll be three hour episodes every day. That's exactly
0: what, no one can tell us no.
2: Nobody, not even you, alias V, who's probably <laughs> editing this right now. So
0: yeah we also love you <laughs> uh
2: we do uh, immensely all right uh yeah so i will end this episode like i do every other week and say i love you pavel
0: love you too man all right i was first to say it. this you time. were i know you man.
2: snuck it in there not in the script <laughs> but uh i'll talk i'll talk to my agent and get exactly. this rectified
0: we'll, we'll hash it out between our agents
2: exactly yeah <laughs> maybe i'll just not pick you up at the airport when you come oh. visit oh no 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 you got it you got it i'm so excited uh all right let me know when you're coming to visit so i can deal do the laundry and, and all that stuff all right friends thank you so much for listening to the flurza experience again don't forget to be kind to one another and uh you're not yeah. losing
0: if you're learning oh yeah got them.
2: and uh yeah we love you all so we'll see you next week on flurza
0: exactly take care everyone
1: oh